0: Welcome, everybody, to the Competing to Win Podcast, powered by the Business Leaders for Michigan. I'm Guy Gordon, your host, and I'm going to be joined by special guests on each podcast as we learn more about what our state really needs to do to make Michigan a top 10 state. And today, we're going to be speaking with Jeff Donofrio, President and CEO of Business Leaders for Michigan, Gary Torgo, Chairman of the Board of Directors for Huntington Bank, and Tina Freestecker, President and CEO of Corwell Health. And uh, we're here today on Mackinac Island where there's been an incredible exchange of ideas, all focused on competing to win. Gary Torgo from Huntington Bank, good afternoon.
1: Good
2: afternoon, thank you.
0: Tina, great to have you here from Corwell Health.
1: Thank you, my pleasure.
0: And Jeff, who is has a permanent seat at the table here uh, on the Compete to Win podcast.
3: Good to be with you. From
0: Business Leaders uh, for Michigan. Um, you had a huge study that came out. We have kind of covered that on the podcast before. Sure. But it's the whole idea that the holistic economic development framework is what we're going to be working from. And you've got five focus areas that says, we want to increase the population of Michigan, but also increase the per capita income while right. we're growing that pie. Talent is on everybody's lips. Before we get to that, when we talk about holistic economic development,
3: are we really talking about coordination? What do we mean? Well, we are talking about coordination, but holistic you know, means we need to overcome something that Michigan has had trouble with in the past, that We do silver bullet approaches. We try to take a a one-off issue and say that we've solved a very systemic long-term problem. Maybe it's a little bit more money. Maybe it's a new program. We've won a press cycle by putting out that uh, uh, release or having a, a press conference or a ribbon cutting or something else. But we've really not addressed the root problem, which needs to be a holistic approach that... Just like our economic development framework balances a number of issues uh, if we 're going to become a better state that is permanent that is a changing our trajectory for the long term so our holistic framework really balances things like talent and entrepreneurship innovation customer service competitive incentives in places uh, making sure that we have a state that is strengthening its fundamentals so that frankly, at the end of the day, we don't have to do so much with incentives or uh, really um, uh, doing things that close a gap because we're so good at education. We're so good at customer service. We're so good at that uh, our, our communities are really attracting people and, and uh, talent and companies without us having to do much.
0: So again, five elements here. Talent, yep. place, competitive incentives, customer service, entrepreneurship, and innovation. Let's take the talent piece sure. first. Everybody wants more talent and we've heard about this piece for a while now why is it so important and why has it been so much trouble we've got great institutions for higher learning uh
3: we have a robust workforce and a lot of skills yeah why is there a talent deficit well, we, we've struggled for decades, really. You know, that, that one-off approach that I've just been talking about, trying to solve the K-12 problem by putting a new accountability system in or putting a little bit more money in, when really when we look at it, you need a, a holistic reform effort that balances what are the outcomes you're looking for? What should a high school diploma represent? How do you make sure you have the resources and the governance and accountability that make sure that we're going to be a world-class uh, leader in education? Because right now, we're ranked 40th in the country for K-12. That's failing our kids, but it's also uh, you know, making us less competitive. There are lots of CEOs I talk to on a regular basis that they tell me when they're trying to attract talent from... The coasts or whether it's uh, international talent coming into Michigan, they go to look at their local schools, even the best performing Mm -hmm. schools, and what they see is their kids are a couple of grade levels ahead of their peers. So that's putting Michigan in a tough place as we look to grow our population and grow income.
0: Well, let's leverage the CEO knowledge that we have here at the table when we talk about the talent gap, talent deficit. Tina, how does it manifest itself in the healthcare industry?
1: Well, I love this approach for holistic because we are a community and to recruit the best talent here in Michigan, we need to make sure that everyone is coming together. And it is the talent from K through 12, it's university and colleges, it's other organizations that develop skill sets for people, but it adds in there transportation, childcare, uh, how do we make sure that we are a community helping each other get to work and work and live and play and learn in an amazing community called Michigan. So it is challenging to recruit people into healthcare right now. They've been through a lot uh, through the pandemic and now we're coming out of it. Um, But the benefit that we have is that there's a calling to be in healthcare. It's what fuels people. It's um, to take care of others, to save lives, to serve others is what we look for. And we can help with the training and we can put you in a great position. What we're challenged with is we need more flexibility within the job. We're a 24-7, 365 right. job, and we're need to we building more flexibility into that and the processes that we have and the benefits that we offer to make it more appealing for people to come because they've proven that they want flexibility as we've gone through this pandemic.
0: I know there are some things that are specific to the nursing shortage, too, in terms of education and training and licensing that we need to address, and I want to get back to that, but, Gary, in terms of in financial services, again, how does the talent gap manifest itself, and how hard is it to find the people you need?
2: So the banking industry is very unique. There are um, lots of banks and lots of competition. We're the hometown bank of Detroit. We're the 21st largest bank in the country, and we're competing with every regional bank for talent. What we are doing is kind of unique. First of all, we're taking people who are not necessarily bankers by trade. They're not uh, trained as bankers. And we're teaching them the trade. And we're, we're taking really good talent and we're turning them into bankers. We hired the executive director of the NAACP, who's a leading division head for our bank today, Donnell White. We also have some spectacular programs that we're doing at the bank. We've created scholarship programs for high school kids. Uh, this Sunday, we're, uh, we have our swag award, Students Wired for Achievement and Greatness. They named it after me because I didn't have any swag and they were hoping I could learn it.
0: <laughs> well, you've got swagger. All right, swagger.
2: <laughs> so we've given over a million dollars to high school kids to go to college, and then we give them all internships at the bank, and some of them have won jobs at the bank. So these are kids right out of high school. Uh, we are sending them to whatever college they want we're giving them the money we're inviting them back in the first or second year Do You also
0: find that you learn as much about the community you serve from them that they can be your window into their world
2: They are it's two ways, the best two-way learning street It's the best education we could get Last week we had a program we call it the Flip Awards we gave uh, scholarships for Dearborn and Dearborn Heights students uh, and they're coming back as interns into the company so we're breaking our sort of breaking the mold in terms of looking for people and we're training them into the talent world and we're having a great success with it and it's very exciting Two weeks ago, we did it in the Berkeley School District. Right. We're getting kids from every area of every walk of life. I took our team to uh, to Morehouse College in Atlanta where we have some of our kids who we gave scholarships to all talking about what they're going to do when they come back to the bank and which division they want to work in. So we're doing it in terms of grabbing talent from everywhere. We don't have a 24-7, 365 program. We give them the weekends off.
0: No, you have an app for that.
2: We do. We do. Yeah, and we want, we want to keep them keeping their money in our bank, not transferring it out. We just built a headquarters in downtown Detroit, and we have 700 seats in that. We opened the building at the end of COVID. We built it during COVID. We're up to 400 people who have moved into the building already. We're going to fill that building up. People want to be in the urban centers. They want to work for financial institutions, and we're training them to be great
0: colleagues. Gary's been talking about training. Training's at the the core and maybe one of the biggest challenges in terms of addressing the nursing shortage. The skills that are required now for a nurse are so much more intensive than they used to be. Talk to me about what you're doing at the community college level and with universities to to grow the nurses of the future.
1: Yeah, so we're doing a lot of things that are short-term, like walk-in Wednesdays, where we've hired about 300 people just on the spot. But then we're looking at the long-term, because to be a nurse, you need to develop the pipeline. It takes a couple years to do that. And so we've partnered with universities and other organizations to help us rethink how nurses can go through the curriculum and get the education and the skill set that they need and then come out and work with us in our hospitals, in our setting to make sure that we're caring for our community. So we got together with two universities at first to brainstorm how could we do this. And that was challenging because we had to compromise on what was traditionally always done a certain way. And we've created a really innovative process to expand the uh, curriculum and the uh, preceptorships to areas where they weren't done before, like in rural settings or like at um, Mm -hmm. different times of the day. And what this is allowing us to do is to expand the pipeline. So in a few years, we're gonna have a whole lot more nurses coming out because we've invested in this program now.
0: Can we can we shorten the timeline, or is, is that a dangerous thing? I've heard s- some discussion about that. You know, Can we accelerate the program?
1: I think there are accelerated programs that we can do for nursing, but the most important thing is we want to give them the skill set so they can hit the ground running on day one, right. when they're out of the program, and provide high-quality, safe patient care, and that they feel comfortable doing it. Like you said, it is a different world now, post-pandemic, and people are sicker when they come into the hospital. And there's a lot of other factors from social determinants of health that come into this. We need our nurses and everyone in the care team to be prepared to take care of those patients in the best way possible. I've
0: I've heard this within the context of pilots, that we don't have enough commercial airline pilots. And the one thing that the, the Delta CEO said... Yeah, we're not accelerating our training program <laughs> um, because it is a safety first, and the same thing in in, in your K-trail. industry uh, as as well. Jeff, talk to me about the K through 12 education piece here and how it fits into the picture for our workforce of the future, from the perspective and the study that you've done. What needs to change? We're 43rd in the nation right now in third grade reading, and that's a scary stat.
3: Yeah, you know, it's 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 something that uh, I think one of the key issues is that when we ask Michiganders where they think the K-12 system ranks, they put us dead set in the middle. 26 out of 50. Well, there's also a disconnect.
0: They're talking to Richard Shuba, who did our... They think their own school system is pretty
3: good. That's right. But everybody... It's a little bit I love my congressman, but I hate (laughs) congress. It's kind of like that. Well, it's hard, too, because a parent, you know, sending their child off to the school is is trying to give them the best chance and and opportunity possible, and so they don't want to think that their local school district might be underperforming, Um, and certainly that teacher, that administrator that they see every day they're working their hardest. Their to contact
0: make sure. point is someone that they've developed a relationship with. That's right. With.
3: That's right. And and it's not that they're doing anything wrong. It's that the system has been designed for a manufacturing economy. A you know you can walk off. Still? A, well, it was designed back in the 1950s. You could get a D average and walk oh, off know. a stage with a high school diploma and get a really great job with a middle class lifestyle. That's not but we what we tried what our to change that like. thinking 35 years ago, <laughs> didn't we? Well, it, it's an evolution, I would say. Yeah. Um, but we've, we've got to, you know, fast forward to what today looks like in the economy and our economy today is requiring more education, education beyond high school to be successful. You know, if you get an associate's degree, you are getting a 20% raise. If you get a bachelor's degree, it's a 70% raise off of just a high school diploma. And the jobs that Tina has, uh, you know, and that Gary has, those jobs are really well-paying jobs that are, are you know, giving a uh, good quality of life. So we've got to prepare our students to be able to take those.
0: Do you think students understand that? Do they understand the equation that their their retirement savings will triple, their net worth over their lifetime will quadruple if they get a four-year degree or if they get a a really good uh, skilled trade?
3: Well, we saw some data I think from the Detroit Chamber and polling recently that said no, that the majority of Michiganders still don't understand that a college uh, post-secondary credential, uh, whether it's an apprenticeship, whether that's a certificate, that's gonna give you a better lifestyle. And so we've gotta work on it together as, as a society, parents, teachers, uh, business leaders, helping to make sure people know the pathways available to them because really our state is gonna depend on on getting more educated, uh, and really making sure that, that education leads to those those better jobs.
0: Gary, you've been leading these students to water and helping them drink with the SWAG program that you outlined a f- few minutes ago. But we've also seen, for instance, in Kalamazoo, the Kalamazoo Promise, they, they said, we're going to pay for everybody's four-year college education. They don't even have 50% of kids yet taking advantage of that. What do you think that the, the secret is to making this connection between educational attainment, and income.
2: I think if the students can understand that when they complete their four-year or three-year or two-year college education, there will be a good job waiting for them, and they can make more money if they do it, and teach them that that's where the opportunity is We at Business Leaders of Michigan. We talk about this all the time. We were with some, some of our state legislative body today, and we're talking about if we can invest and educate our young people in the 10th grade and in the 8th grade, how valuable it is to keep going after you finish high school, how critical it is to get that high school degree, how critical it is to go to college, they will start to understand they'll follow the money and if they want a stronger future they want to get past the the sort of mid-level kind of 12 to 15 to 20 dollar an hour job they need to get educated, and we need to provide that for them. The Detroit Promise is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More and more kids are taking advantage of that. We we only give these scholarships to kids that don't get scholarships from someone else. Fifty percent of the kids that apply for us have already gotten the Detroit Promise and are using it and are taking it.
0: Because of all the mergers and acquisitions, I, I have to imagine that you must have just a whole garage full of uh, former calling cards. Because so yes. you, you keep changing logos and yes. what well, it was... TCF or Talmer or you've you've been but now at Huntington we've seen mergers and acquisitions and you've 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 strengthened this brand in this bank. Tell me how that's working.
2: It's working great. We are um, we're the number one SBA lender in the United States of America. Small business drives the whole country. Uh, We are in 10 states. Uh, We've got 20,000 colleagues. I was just in a, I gave a state of the banking address just last week, and I told everybody that Huntington Bank has $145 billion in deposits, and it had $145 billion in deposits before SVP went down. We have 75% of our depositors are FDIC insured, which means that there'll never be a run on Huntington Bank. Our liquidity is strong. Our lending is still very powerful. Uh, people are coming to our bank because they want to be part of a strong regional bank.
0: And what about community investment? What has this size allowed you to do? In TCF,
2: we announced a billion dollar community plan. And when we merged, Steve Steinauer and I stood on a, on a platform and said we're going to do a $40 billion community plan A billion of that is going into Wayne County and Detroit. In our 11 states, we have created a community plan and using $40 billion of our money to be able to improve the communities that we're in.
0: Tina, uh, you're talking to a Spectrum Butterworth baby. My kids were all born at Beaumont. And so we kind of have this unique perspective. What has this merger between Spectrum and Beaumont now? Corwell, how has that made us stronger in our community.
1: We can now see issues across the state. We're bringing east and west together. We're bringing uh, organizations that can take care of people in a rural setting, in a suburban setting, in an urban setting. And our team members, our physicians, our nurses are collaborating. When we had shortages in um, drugs, we got together and we found solutions. When we um, have issues with uh, one thing or the other, our teams are coming together and they're coming up with extremely creative ideas that are making it better for the people that we serve every single day. And I'm so proud of everything that they're doing every day to take care of people, but also for the ideas that are going to propel us forward as we relentlessly pursue better health.
0: I think that's a great place to end it. It is. It is about power, focus, community investment, and involvement—all important to competing to win. That's right. And once we
3: get that talent piece, Jeff, any last words? No, guy. I think it's it's you know leaders like uh, Tina and Gary who are, are really making a difference in their communities, uh, and it's going to be those folks and and their companies that are going to help propel us to the top. So. Uh, so appreciate them for joining us today and uh, for us being with you. We thank you
0: for your time, for your insight, but most of all, your for your commitment to Michigan and to Southeast Michigan specifically. you, Gary. Thanks to you both. And Jeff, thanks to you. And we thank you for joining us today on the Competing to Win podcast. If you are interested in learning more uh, about other great Michigan business leaders, what they have to say about what we need to do to become a top 10 state, go to the thegreatvoice.com. And there you can listen to previous podcasts, share them with your friends, can conversate about it, discuss the things that we need to do to win. We need everybody on Team Michigan as we compete to win. It automatically downloads to your favorite platform, and we will see you next time.